ever be on the square. Because if you do, you'll have a woman everywhere. And it was a white theater. You couldn't play it because you were black. They were on a special occasion. So the wise black people and the ones who promote them decided to use the tent. And the tent became the vaudeville house of blacks. Finding work dancing or doing comedy routines with a traveling show was a rare opportunity for young black women at the time. Those who could sing blues as well as dance became the main attraction, who drew the audience to put down a quarter for a show. young girls on the tent show circuit. Mamie Smith began as a dancer with the four dancing Mitchells when she was 10. To take them on my Ida Cox was 14 when she ran away from home to join the black and tan minstrel show. Bessie Smith was still in her teens when she worked the tent shows with Ma Rainey and then landed her first job in a real vaudeville theater. For Bessie and for hundreds of other entertainers, the black vaudeville stage meant a new professionalism and a new showcase for talent. Butter? What is it, Susie? You think you conquered me, but you better start to think again. Listen, I hear you, Susie. I'm just so used to be. Now, Susie, won't you please let me explain? Say, listen. What's the matter? It's too late for an explanation. So there's the gate. Use your imagination. You mean you got somebody else and going to quit me? Yes, I'm leaving you like the leaves leaves a tree. After they had theaters, then uh, somebody could go and book a string of theaters or a group of theaters, and he'd be able to offer you steady work, five, ten, maybe 15 weeks. And uh, you'd put an act together, and that mostly consists of a song and dance man, a magician, a contortionist, and things like that, and they put them all together, and they would travel from theater to theater. The outlets, the main outlets for the blues singers was the, the TOBA uh, circuit, the, the Theater Owners Booking Association, which uh, Bessie and a lot of them uh, traveled on. And they owned, their, their, they owned theaters all over, and uh, they just kept touring, and, they, and in summertime they would tour in the, in the tent shows, and in the wintertime, they, they tore on the, on the Toby circuit, as they called it. The TOBA was the proving ground and the only uh, place that people could display their talent and, and get over big with a live audience. You, you couldn't do it. Where else can you do that? You, they didn't have that many minstrel shows. They didn't have that, the circus, Regman Brothers and uh, Barnum Bailey didn't have that, didn't have black shows that much. 
they'd have like a token kind of thing because they had to try to do something for the black people. Straight man, a comedian, a line of chorus girls, a band, a small band or a large band sometimes, traveling, trooping, going from city to city. From New Orleans, you're going north to Mobile, to Birmingham, Atlanta, to Richmond, to Knoxville, to Nashville, to Leesburg, you're going into Pittsburgh, from Pittsburgh, you go to Philadelphia, week after week after week. Traveling on the vaudeville circuit gave the blues singers their first chance to reach a large audience in the North as well as the South. It was the route that brought Bessie Smith from Tennessee to New York. I've lived a life but nothing I've gained. Each day I'm full of time. Bessie's early career as a dancer was cut short when she was let go from the chorus line of a show whose theme was glorifying the brown-skinned girl. She was fired because her skin was too dark. Oh, my, wonder what will the end be? But Bessie had a won't-quit attitude. Six years later, she was a polished, full-fledged blues star on the TOBA. For me. No father to guide me, no mother to care, must bear my troubles all alone. She used to wear the most fabulous costumes, birds of paradise, all in her hair. Her gowns, all sides of her gowns, with feathers sticking out from everywhere. Then she changed and wear an evening gown, which was beads and uh, rhinestones. They were popular in those days. No sequins, but just bees, bees, loads of bees, and rhinestones, big rhinestones. For audiences accustomed to seeing black performers in mammy costumes, Bessie Smith presented a rare vision. In full empress regalia, she was bold, beautiful, outrageously out of line, and impossible to forget. Her hair was way down here, you know, shoulder length down there, and it was beautiful. And it was just wavy all over her head. And then she'd be singing, when she shaped that hair there, that wave, and it was shiny like, you know what I mean? She don't have the stuff like y'all got now. But that was a good-looking woman. She's, she was dark-skinned, a dark brown-skinned woman. She was really pretty and could sing, baby. And her men would just throw money up on the stage. <laughs> I just throw some down here on the piano. <laughs> no, Bessie's impact came from her voice and her no image man. and something else. Audiences knew that beneath the glamour, Bessie was one of them. It was a powerful connection. When people use the expression, she hypnotized me, it means that you so carried away until, you know, it's like they have put a spell on you. You know what I'm saying? And this is what, um, this is what Ma Rainey and Bessie Smith and them did. Uh, when they sang to an audience, they would just capture the audience in the palm of their hands. It's like they have put a spell on them, you know. And at that moment, while they're listening to them, they don't have time to, you know, concentrate or think about nothing else. But just what they're listening to, and that's them singing. They were entertainers. And what they could do was sell it to the public. 
And what I mean be that they could change the mood of the public into the mood that they were singing about. So everybody in the public figured that they were singing exactly to them. The tunes that they wrote, I'm sure their ideas come from just like my ideas. Now, when I write a song, I'm thinking about uh, people in general, everyday living, uh, just look around you, you know. Um, say, for instance, like um, when I wrote this tune, Baby, Please Don't Dog Me. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm thinking about, okay, here is uh, some woman big and she's pleading, Baby, please don't dog me when you know that you are doing wrong yourself. You think nobody wants me Cause I always stay at home But when that dog knob hits you Your best friend come along Please don't dog me When you know might not fit my feet, you know what I'm saying? That shoe might not fit your feet, but that shoe do fit somebody's feet. Is some woman out there is really thinking. She really feels the way that I'm singing about, what I'm talking about in this song. Is some woman somewhere really feels this way. These are the words that she would like to say Expressing the realities of life touched and captivated audiences and made idols of the blues singers. It also brought condemnation from the religious community. Oh, the devil's gonna get you the way you In the eyes of church elders, the women were singing the devil's music, songs about you drinking, gambling, sex, and jealous rage. Even if the blues singer herself didn't take part in the excesses of this life, she was tainted. Get in my bed and turn your back on me. Some of them fear the stage. That's the devil's awake. They stay home married and have a family and still die with that attitude. That's the devil's awake, the stage. Make believe. Well, I sang the blues until I was 11. And when I got to be 11, my mother said, you can't sing the blues anymore. If anybody asks you to be in a concert, I say, why, Mom? She said, because you're too old. She said, people will think that you know what you're talking about. So I couldn't see nothing wrong with those blues, saying I got everything that a woman needs to make a good man fall. I know just what to do to back them in my stall, you know. I played the record all day. I couldn't see nothing wrong with that. It was interesting. Uh, a lot of people are not aware of the fact that to talk about my lover 
You couldn't talk about that because we came up in a religious vein where you heard gospel songs, you heard uh, glee clubs, you heard quartets, and things like that. Society or a church somewhere or another, we get our neighborhood children to come in there, you know, and we get to playing the blues and having a good time. But we still we have one girl on the door watching to see when Mr. Goodson's coming back home or either Miss Goodson, because I knew if they come and catch us, that's what we would get. See, and by that time, when whenever we see my father or my mother coming back home, the girl would be saying, hey, "Come, Mr. Goodson, them," and we they'd be so close up on her, we change the blues and. Jesus keep me near the cross. Then after that, my mother and father get in Jonas and we all get to sing in church song right this rhythm from this hand clapping this rhythm uh -huh. and then, and you do this in the church but in the cabaret you do this it's the same beat but it's a different atmosphere so when you when you jump from out of church if you're raised in a church and you went into the fast life of being a blues singer or guitar playing singer a bb king and them people where you jump back out of the church it's called devil they take it as devil's music because you you entertaining people who are devilish, promiscuous, having a good time, etc. <laughs>
hugging and kissing you, mama. He's leaving you all the time. something now this is no lie i can be playing the blues i can be playing the blues and when i play the blues i can feel something going on over. next thing i know i'm feeling good and then sometime i'll be playing chase song that's the devil in me then do you ever hear people say the devil's in me it's like that song saying but got the devil in my soul on that same record there but that's what it is then you go and play the chase song and everything and then that feeling come back, that Christian feeling coming back on you, you see. And so that's just the way it is. The devil got his work and God got his work. In 1920, the blues overcame another kind of resistance. For years, the recording industry had ignored efforts by black musicians to put the distinct sound of their music on record. That changed when Mamie Smith stepped up to the acoustical horn in the OK recording studio and shouted out a song called Crazy Blues. The blues craze started with Mamie Smith. And Mamie Smith uh, had a, a very good friend named Perry Bradford, who uh, was kind of a wheeler dealer and sometime composer, who talked the OK record company into recording uh, blues by a black singer, which was unheard of. Mamie Smith did a song called uh, That Thing Called Love in 1920, which was not a blues record, but that was really her first record. So um, then after that, he talked them into doing something called Harlem Blues. Uh, for some reason, they changed the name to Crazy Blues when they did it. And uh, Crazy Blues became enormously popular. Crazy Blues opened up the recording industry to black artists and popularized the blues on a national scale for the first time. We distributed this record, and this record turned up the whole recording industry. So there was a great, great appeal amongst black people and whites who loved this blues business to buy records and buy phonographs. Everybody had a phonograph in the house, specifically behind Mamie Smith's first record. there saying that you could walk down the streets of any black neighborhood in America and hear Mamie Smith singing crazy blues from the open windows. I learned the blues off of records, you know. My mother used to buy Mamie Smith, Bessie Smith, Ma Rainey, all these blues songs because she likes to sing. And I would sing with her. And we had one of the, these old raffinolas that you wind up. So if we was cleaning house, if we were in the bedroom, we'd bring it with us there. If we were outside washing the clothes, we'd bring it there, see. So I heard these records, and I'd sing along with Mama. So that's how I learned how to sing the blues. The clamor for the blues awakened record companies to a new and profitable market. Overnight, they scrambled aboard the bandwagon sending talent scouts to scour the vaudeville circuit for women who could sing blues. And you ain't coming back to town. 
company saw the new market as exclusively black and sold the records through mail order ads in black newspapers and at stores in black neighborhoods. If you're really leaving, I can cry with joy. In the span of a few years, new songs were recorded by the hundreds. Blues and the women who sang them reached an unprecedented mass audience. Anybody named Smith could make a record of women. Mamie Smith, Bessie Smith, Clara Smith, Sarah Smith, Annie Smith, Beulah Smith. And people would say, well, that's not me, that's not Mamie Smith. Yeah, but all them Smith sisters, they all could sing. So in the vaudeville, you'd go to the theater and up to the big sign up there. Effie Smith, little small Effie, about an inch, and a great big Smith, like the Smith brothers' cough drops. You know. People say, well, Smith, one of them Smiths in town, let's go in here.